This is Sounds from the Shadows, the Tales from the Shadows podcast. I'm here with some of the Shadow Girls. My name is Emily Collins. I'm Georgia Doyley. And I'm Shannon Lee Nilon. This is a podcast where we talk about fairy tales, folklores and stories. Today we're going to be talking about something that has, well, stuck with Georgia for quite a while. We're going to be talking about the changelings. What was it that first brought changelings to your attention, Georgia? Well, it was interesting. I was doing a job once and um, a boss of mine told me a story because I have um, heterochromia iridum, which is really difficult to say. Um, So I have a bit of colour in my eye. They're blue and hazel. And, um, oh, so you've like a mixture of colours. I have a mixture of colours. Okay. Yeah. If yes. you look in her eye, you can see it. Yes. Um, so uh, this boss of mine told me that the reason I, I have eyes that are multicoloured was because when I was a child, I was stolen away by the fairies. However, the fairies, to keep a child, have to wash it completely before dawn. And if they leave just a strand of grass on the child or a little bit of muck, they have to bring the child back to their human parents but they'll be marked with a bit of colour in their eyes. Hmm. My sister has the same thing. So maybe she was stolen by the fairies, because she was a dirty child. (laughs) I think a dirty child is a happy child, though. Definitely. It's not a childhood unless you spend 90% of it covered in muck. Yeah, or other nefarious gook. Yeah, gook, stains, sticky. Yeah. sticky. For those not aware of what a changeling is, changeling is a thing that shows up in a lot of Irish folklore, also a lot of Scottish folklore, English... uh, there was a terrible film where Angelina Jolie called us. <laughs> but we're not talking about the events of those films. Exactly. Uh, a changeling is when a fairy creature steals away a human, normally a human child, and replaces it. And there's two types of things a changeling can be. It can either be a fairy in disguise, it's sometimes a fairy baby that, for some reason, the fairies weren't raised in the human world, or sometimes it's a fairy who the fairies have got a bit sick of, someone who is old, who's cranky, who's particularly nasty. And so they swap it with a human baby. Occasionally, though, the changeling is just a bit of wood or rock that has been enchanted to appear like a human. And you can normally tell the difference between the two types of changeling because changelings that are fairies, well, they'll be nasty. Changelings that are rocks, they'll just be a bit stupid. And there's lots of stories about the changelings, um, different types of changelings, different theories as to why fairies steal humans. Um, So, Sean, why do you think fairies steal humans? Hmm. What's your personal theory? <laughs> well, we're just so absolutely fabulous, really. Um, <laughs> no, well, there's a couple of different reasons why, like, given why fairies might steal humans. Um, sometimes it's to kind of like strengthen the genetic pool mm. of um, the fairies because um, some of the old tales. Well, they referred to, like, the fairies being driven underground and that they're kind of, like, very weak, so, like, to strengthen them up. Um, my personal favourite, my personal idea with it is that they're kind of, like, swapping them with the devil, really, yeah. for favours. Um, not that I advocate for that, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> yes, uh, we are not advocating selling your children to the devil. Yeah, I do think it's the most kind of, like, fun yeah. um, interpretation... Um, it's the one they use in the Ballad of Tamlin. Yeah. Uh, All's pleasant in the fairy land, but an eerie tale of, to tell. For once on every seven years, we pay a tithe to hell. Mm. Fun. Fun, lovely yeah, things. Fun. Yeah, they're very gloomy in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, incredibly gloomy. And then there's a third theory, which is that they use them as slaves. Because there's some things fairies can't do or don't want to do. Um, particularly mining, hard work, or anything that involves iron. 
So they'll mm. get the humans to do that. They're human slaves. And also, it appears in some stories, that actually one of the most famous ones is Midsummer Night's Dream, oh, Shakespeare, yeah. um, where they kind of want to keep the humans as pets. Yeah. Um, we so. ma- I think we'd make terrible pets. Yeah. <laughs> we Absolutely horrible. You need to be fed a lot. Yeah. And well, in Midsummer Night's Dream, Titania, um, so one of her votresses is like an Indian lady who um, worships her. She dies in childbirth and Titania takes the child to kind of keep as a pet and raise as her own. Kind of, it's it's very it's, kind of It's very strange. vague. Vague and strange, but um, an Oberon, her husband, wants the changeling boy to be a soldier for him. Yeah, um, be a henchman. Yeah. Um, so there's this kind of like battle between like the fairy where like battle of wits almost within Mid- that midsummer night's dream is really a custody battle yeah really <laughs> with donkeys modern day drama <laughs> mm. it is but it's it's never really addressed in the play like yeah and the they just go and everyone's happy yeah. yeah 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 they don't actually explain what happens to the indian mm. boy i think oberon gets him but sort of loses interest in him after because if titania doesn't yeah, want him he's he having more fun torturing his wife yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, we are all theatre students, or were theatre students. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, we talk about Shakespeare. But there's a, there's a lot of stories from Ireland about changelings and different people. Uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, normally, traditionally, the fairies would steal children. They liked children, particularly children under the age of four. And generally, they seem to prefer boys over girls, which is one of the reasons you often find pictures of baby boys. They're dressed up as girls. They're in dresses. I think that might also be because it's a bit easier to change nappies and things when you know, they're trying to deal with trousers. Mm. But the fairies could also steal adults. One of the A lot of stories have to do with them stealing women, stealing young brides. The idea was if you were a newlywed bride, you were sort of on a threshold, you just stopped being one thing, started being another thing, and that made you vulnerable. But they did sometimes steal men. And there's a story of, uh, it's either called the fairy in the bagpipes or Rickard the Rake. Pick your title. <laughs> yeah. Now, there was a young man by the name of Rickard. Now, Rickard was a bit of a lad. Liked going out, liked having fun, liked a few drinks, and he was known as an amazing dancer. He had Michael Flatley's feet. So whenever there was a dance, didn't matter what was going on, what the weather, he would be at it. He would walk for miles for a chance to do a couple jigs. And his family were... Well, at first it was fine. He was going off having a bit of fun, but... Then he started getting a bit older and they started thinking, look, Rickard, you have to take yourself a bit more seriously. And his parents were getting on in years and they needed a bit more looking after, but he was still off at the dances. And one day he was dancing, he was dancing away, he was dancing himself fit to burst, and suddenly he fell down screaming. He had a terrible pain in his leg. He felt like he'd been hit by something, couldn't move the limb, couldn't bend it at all. So people picked him up and they started carrying him home. But when they were carrying him home, they were passing by a fairy hill. When they passed by the fairy hill, they all seemed to trip. Rickard was dropped, he tumbled down into the ditch, and when they pulled him out, he was different. He seemed strange. Rickard seemed to have lost all interest in dancing. He instead seemed to be complaining the whole time. He was always hungry, he was always cold. Nothing was right with him. And his leg still wasn't working. He was up in his room and he'd just sit on the bed, grumbling. And this went on for weeks. Doctors came, doctors went. No one could find the source of the illness. No one could find, was, did he have a fever? Had he sprained the ankle? Nothing. And this went on. Until one day, a wise woman came. A cunning woman. And she said she'd heard about Rickard. And she had a theory. 
And she went up, she took one look at him, she came down and she said, he's a fairy. A fairy has taken your son, it's borrowing his form. You need to get them back. Now there's many ways you can get someone back from the fairies, but they often aren't nice. They aren't kind ways, they aren't gentle ways. And if you get it wrong, well, it can end badly. So Rickard's family, they wanted to be certain. So they laid out a test. You see, fairies love music. They love music almost as much as they love drink. And they really love drink. So they got their hands on a pair of bagpipes. They knew Rickard hadn't the faintest idea how to play the bagpipes. No one does. No one should know how to play the bagpipes. They're a strange instrument. But they left the bagpipes just inside the room and they went away. Now they waited. They saw the fairy creature look at the bagpipes. Look at the door that was still ajar. Then get up, limp over to the door, shut it. And then they heard the music. Now the music was beautiful. It was, no one could believe this was coming from a pair of bagpipes. A pair of bagpipes sound like someone being slowly murdered inside out. <laughs> but this was enchanted music. This was fairy music. This was a sure fact that this was no longer Rickard. This was some fairy borrowing his form. But it played and played and the music was so sweet and so beautiful no one could bring themselves to interrupt him. But the bagpipes were quite loud. And so the music was being heard far and wide and it was being heard over by the fairy hill. And a fairy woman heard it. And she recognised it. And she came stomping up into the house, up the stairs. She grabbed the creature pretending to be Rickard by the ear and said, Is this where you got yourself? I've been looking high and hell for you. Come on home. And she dragged him back. For this was the fairy man's wife. And he had tried to borrow the form of Rickard just to get a bit of time to himself. But he was dragged back to the fairy hill and the fairies had to return Rickard. Now, Rickard wouldn't tell them what had happened to him during his time in Fairyland, but after that day, he was a reformed character. He knuckled down, got himself a proper job, worked hard, was always there in Mass on Sunday, was always looking after his parents, but he was always wary any time he heard music. And any time someone asked him, Ah, oh, Rickard, will you give us a dance? He'd turn pale and shake his head. He was Rickard the Rake no more. There would be no more dancing. So... That's a story about Rickard the Rake. It's almost a little sad that he stops dancing yeah, completely. <laughs> it is, it is. I think it's meant to be like a cautionary tale of yeah, you're don't not go dancing, don't have fun, don't yeah. get notions. Yeah. Yeah. There notions. tends to be a lot of Irish stories like that kind of folks around like, yeah. if you have fun, there's consequences. Mm. I know, well, it's the same with most fairy tales and things. Like They're, they're cautionary tales. Mm. There's another one about um, a woman whose baby gets stolen because she wouldn't get it baptised. She, her husband was a sailor and she wanted to wait to have the christening till he came back. But because the baby wasn't baptised, it didn't have the protection, whatever protection, yeah. sprinkling a bit of water does for you. I so she, oh, God. You sort of wonder if, if certain people would put those stories out there, actually, just to... Yeah, you, yeah. you kind of think that some people might be. Mm. Back to what you were saying earlier about boys being dressed in girls' clothes. Yeah. I actually have some really great photographs of my granddad. Really? Yeah, like... Uh, dressed up as a little... Yeah, dressed as a girl. Um, wow. <laughs> up until he was about two years old, like it was yeah. dresses all the way and yeah. stuff. Well, um, it kind of makes sense because if you have to be changing the nappies, you don't want to be fiddling around with tiny little trousers. Yeah. And babies grow so quickly. Yeah, like it kind of it saves the money because yeah. like you don't need to keep getting new pairs of trousers you for don't. this tiny thing that's doubling in size every couple yeah, of months. Yeah, just put it in a sort of a, a large smock. It'll grow into it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Um, but there are some reasons why there are so many stories about changelings and things. And you were looking up some of them. Yeah, um, I suppose it's looking at the, not to be a bore, but the scientific evidence um, behind it all. Um, the, the reasons why we have so many stories about changelings, and they are so widespread, particularly throughout Europe, is that obviously sometimes babies would be born who might have specific problems, maybe learning difficulties or neurodevelopmental problems. Um, or even can, just illnesses that we understand today that they don't know, didn't then, do Yeah, exactly. Um, and so a lot of the time these illnesses might not become, or conditions might not become apparent until the child was maybe a few months old, a few years old. And so it would be very easy to mistake that changed child as actually being a different child altogether. And people want, like, a lot of people are very poor, very isolated, very uneducated. They wanted some reason behind things. They could, didn't want to believe that bad things just happened. There had to be some reason, someone you could blame, someone at fault. Exactly. Also, actually, terrifyingly, um, especially for poor people who, you know, you, you'd have to, to work on your farm or someone else's farm. Everyone had to work, including children, in order to, to feed the whole family. If you had someone who did have a specific condition where they, they couldn't work, but they still needed to be fed, sometimes that would encourage people to, one, blame the fairies and say it wasn't their fault, but also, unfortunately, could quite often result in infanticide. Mm. And it was sort of an excuse, because um, even as I discovered Martin Luther, father of German Protestantism, mm. he himself actually thought that these, these children were sort of children of the devil who didn't have a human soul, and he was quite comfortable with the idea of them <laughs> being killed. Mm. So... Fun times. Fun times. Yeah. And there's there's a couple of ways you can deal with a changeling. Deal in inverted commas. Mm. Yeah, you were looking... Uh, hey, you, you suggested actually one that I, I hadn't heard of or I, I didn't remember. It's the idea of... Um, it's one of the nicer ways of doing it. <laughs> is that um, the, the mother, I think in a specific story from Wales, I believe, um, the mother suspected her child was a changeling. So she, she had to make the, the lunch to feed all the labourers in the field. So she took out a little eggshell and she started to cook a broth in this little eggshell. And the child was like, Mammy, what are you doing? And so she said, oh, well, I'm just making lunch for everyone. And... Obviously, the, 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 in, in this case, the, the changeling fairy was actually one of the older ones who had been sent to this home as a sort of retirement plan, just stood up in its cradle and said, in my 1,500 years on this planet, I have never seen someone cook in an eggshell. And of course, the mother suddenly knew, well, <laughs> you're not a baby, are you? <laughs> yeah. um, but um, there are unfortunately more violent ones as well, mm. if someone else would like to go mm. into that. Yeah, so there, there was this nursery rhyme that I remember hearing as a kid. Which is, um, are you a witch or are you a fairy or are, are you the wife of Michael Cleary? Which um, is about this woman, Bridget Cleary, who um, I think it was 1895. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's known as the last witch burnt in Ireland. But it's a very famous case where this woman was burnt alive by her husband in his entire defence in court was that she was a changeling. He wasn't really killing his wife. He was killing the fairy that had taken her place and robbed him of his wife. Yeah. This stood up in court. Is that he only got convicted of manslaughter as opposed to her murder. Yeah, it was. it's a horrifying case because it's, mm. it's not that long ago. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just over 100 years ago. But the thing that I found frightening about it was that it wasn't just one lone lunatic. 
Mm. It was the whole village. The whole kinda. village knew about this. Yeah, there mm. were nine defendants in the trial for, for her murder. And um, I think it was five of them were convicted of her murder and the rest of her wounding yeah. was the terminology at the time. Wounding. And the jurors actually, it was very, it was an odd case in another way in that the jurors were all brought in to view her corpse to see exactly what had happened and to prove, yes, this was indeed Bridget Cleary, mm-hmm. um, to kind of dispel the notion that it was a changeling or somebody else. It was a very widespread superstition. Yeah. Fairies and changelings. Yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing about Bridget Cleary actually is that she was a professional woman as well. Yeah. In that she was a dressmaker, she had a top of the line singer sewing machine. She used to even before she became a dressmaker, she'd support herself through selling hen eggs. Yeah, she was an independent woman. Yeah, she was very independent and I'd say go down well in eight. rural Ireland. In Definitely not. Not in Tipperary <laughs> yeah. of the eighteen nineties. Patriarchy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Even like for the first few years of her marriage, she lived apart from her husband with her parents, her elderly parents. Yeah, um, also, there were weird things going on. Yeah. Mm. Just back to the the fact that she wasn't just murdered, she was wounded. The idea for getting rid of a changing was you basically had to make them suffer. The idea was the fairies, they'll still be watching, they'll still be keeping an eye, and they can't stand to see any of their own hurt. So if they see this, you know, relative of theirs being treated badly, they'll bring them back. And the fairies, they have a very strong idea of, you know, fairness. It's not what we'd call fair, but it's, you can't give without taking, you can't take without giving. So if they had to take someone away, they'd have to bring someone back, or vice versa. So a lot of the things of how to get rid of the changeling are about basically how to abuse someone. So you don't mm. feed them, you beat them, you whip them, you leave them outside yeah. at night on the dunghill. This Whereas is what him, Michael did to yeah. Bridget. He um, there's like accounts of him throwing urine on her. Yeah, and then holding her over the fire. Yeah. Hold, well. Holding her over the well. fire to try mm. to make her admit that she was a fairy. Yeah. Burning um, is the one that shows up quite a lot. It's you, you know, either hold the person over the fire or heat up like the poker or the shovel mm. in the flames to yeah, burn them with them. put a baby on a shovel and hold it over the fire I think yeah. that's another one I heard yeah. of it's yeah. burning is mostly the one that they use but also drowning uh, to go yeah. back to another clue, true case there was is it Kathleen Roach Eileen Roach Anne Roach Anne Roach um, the end. unfortunately killing a little boy called Michael Lee here yeah. I think it was I think it was the 1820s yeah but um, as far as I can remember I, 1820s pre-famine yeah, oh my god. Yeah, so it's a little bit longer ago, but still too modern uh, for me to be comfortable yeah. with what happened. So yeah, there was a young boy, uh, f- four or five years old. Um, he couldn't walk or talk or stand, um, so he clearly had some, some problems, some struggles developmentally. And um, his, his apparently his grandmother told this elderly woman, did you say she was like... Um... Yeah, I read a novel recently called The Good People by an Australian author called Hannah Kent, which is basically a novelisation of this real event. And Eileen Roach seems... Anna, Anne Roach? Why am I calling, Roach. Why am I calling her Eileen? <laughs> anyway, Anne Roach, she was something of the local cunning woman, which meant she was the midwife. She was the closest thing to a doctor because getting a real doctor from the city was expensive and then you'd have to get a pharmacist. So she'd know the herbal cures and things. And also sometimes people would just go for a bit of reassurance because in the darkness, when you know there's all sorts of things happening... You want some explanation, some reason why are all these bad things happening. And even if it's some woman telling you with a lot of confidence that, 
oh, it's because you walked past a magpie and you didn't spin around three times. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make the bad thing go away, but at least gives you a bit of a reason behind it. It's the same psychology of people who look at tarot cards or um, horoscopes. horoscopes. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of like re- it's reassurance that there is some greater thing. Yeah, patterns. We the love patterns. patterns. We love yeah. Them. <laughs> Well, she uh, got involved because the people became convinced that this poor little boy was a changeling. And rural Ireland back then, there was a huge amount of poverty, huge amount of isolation. So this place they were living in, it wasn't even a village. It was just a couple of houses that were near enough to each other. And in the darkness, when you've got nothing else to blame and you've been told all these stories about fairies, about witches, about superstitions, about sin and the devil and... Well, when you've got nothing else to blame, you might start to believe in it. Which is pretty bleak. I'd recommend the novel, though. Uh, just don't read it if you're feeling a bit down already, because it'll just make you despair of humanity. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's the good people. Yes. Because um, she, the, the Anne Roach, I think, in the mm. end, took the child down to the river each morning and sort of dunked him in the water yeah. to try and scare out the fairy. But... Um, Unfortunately, on the third day, she held him under a little bit too long, and uh, he drowned. Yeah. But she was not convicted of murder no. in the end. Got off on it. Uh, yeah. because, because her attention wasn't to kill. Mm. Yeah. She was trying to cure it, and she believed that that's what she was doing. Yeah. It's amazing how, how strongly those beliefs were held, and that they, they were, like, believable alibis. Like, in a court of law that, like people believed so firmly and so strongly that what they were doing was right, even though it was horrible and often really cruel. Yeah. Well, the fairies hold such sway in Ireland even still, yeah. because, mm. like, is it true that when they were building... It's like oh, the, 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 the Dutch Way Down in Kerry? Yeah, was it that one? And I think it was And there was the, something about the Hill of Tara as well? Oh, I don't know about the Hill of Tara. I know with the, with the motorway, it was like there was a hawthorn tree that they had to reroute the road around because yeah. yeah. the builders were too scared to cut down this hawthorn tree because yeah. it was the home of the fairies but what was that about the Hill of Tara? Um, they were trying to put a it was some sort of a bypass or something but um, it wasn't the actual Hill of Tara but it was close to it and there was some sort of like fairy fort there's a load of mounds and things over there but the thing is it's not just the belief in the fairies a lot of those are historical monuments yeah they make like the tombs they're Iron Age settlements uh, and you can't dig anywhere in Ireland without coming across some ruins. I mean, they were trying to build the Lewis, that very oh. small extension to the Lewis that took so long. And yeah. it's ruined the number seven bus. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when they were digging it, they kept finding Viking burials. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't even start on Woodkey. No. Yeah. Oh, we don't, do not we don't talk about Woodkey. We'll, we'll do another thing on <laughs> oh, just Dublin not valuing its history. That could be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, there was a whole load of skeletons um, yeah. underneath the bit in front of um, College Trinity. Green, yeah, yeah, by Trinity. Uh, well, where the Campanile is built in Trinity, that was a graveyard. Wow. Yeah, when it, was, when it was a monastery, around there was the graveyard. Trinity was a monastery? Yeah, before it became, uh, before it became Trinity College under oh, Queen no. Liz, it was a monastery that was dissolved by Henry VIII. I was going to say, yeah, because Queen Elizabeth I, yeah. that's after the monasteries were yeah. Um, well, yeah, taken apart. Yeah, so they had this... This, this place and I'm like well, well we'll put it to some use mm. that's kind of nice yeah yeah. It turned into something nice I think 
And they keep finding other bodies. They found a camel when they were building the library. Seriously? A camel? Yeah, has James not told you the story? No! Stop through a skeleton. Skeleton. When they were building, I think it was the Berkeley Library, they came across a load of remains, which they reckoned were from anatomy students. Uh, because oh yeah, know, body snatchers, Burke and Hare. I mean, mm. they're in Edinburgh. This is Dublin, but you know we had our yeah. own, we had our own equivalent. But they also found the remains of a camel that they reckoned had also been dissected from the way it was apart. Mm. So I don't know where they got their hands on the camel and who decided it would be a good idea to dissect it. <laughs> wow. But yeah, you can't dig anywhere in Dublin. It could have been even from a circus or something circus, and zoology, the camel died and they're like, oh, the sell it to the college students. The zoo. Actually, it's like we were part of the British Empire back then. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe they were easier to get. I don't think there are any camels in the Natural History Museum. No, there aren't. I've never seen one. Oh, no. maybe there was one once. Oh my oh, god! The students nicked it. No, Rad week. Rag week. Okay, we've got totally off topic. That's the fun of a podcast. Going oh off yeah. Topic. Yeah. Um, back to changelings. Uh, I'll end, we'll end on it after all that bleak and horrible stuff. Let's end on a slightly happier note because there is a story about uh, it's about a, ch- a fairy woman who wanted to get the changeling back. Mm-hmm. You you notice what don't you, Jordan? I kind of do. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. tell it together. All right, all right. Well, there were once a couple, and they had a lovely little baby. <laughs> all sweet and giggles and, you know, all lovely that Lovely baba. Yeah, yeah. Perfect angel. Uh, but one day, it got switched. So they noticed a change. It wasn't mm. quite the same baby. Sort of looked the same, but it kept crying, kept screaming, and there was a smell to it. Its face also, you know, you know the way babies can sometimes look a little bit like old men? <laughs> little tiny Winston Churchills well the baby was looking more and more like a withered old man and the couple began to worry they began to think oh god has something happened to our baby is our baby sick and then there came a knocking on the door and in the time when the, the, the child was um, quite sickly and things had gone wrong um, the, the important thing is that the mother and the father kept loving it I think yeah. and they, they kept giving it the attention even if there was a risk it was a change thing they, they wanted to care for it it's still a baby but this knock comes at the door and I think if I'm correct, a fairy comes in with mm. the original child. No, she doesn't have the original child. Oh, oh at least no. in the one I just heard. She I didn't. think you should tell this then. Right. I'm getting this wrong. Right. <laughs> no, there's, there's probably there's probably about five different versions of it because that's how, what happens when mm. you have an oral culture. Everything changes. That's great. Um, on the one I heard, this woman comes knocking at the door and she looks strange. She's dressed weirdly, and she can't enter the house because they've got a horseshoe over the door. Suspicious. Yeah, and she says, "That's my baby." That creature is not your child. That's my baby. The fairies swapped it. I'm a fairy woman. They took my baby and swapped it with yours. But I still love my baby. I mean, it may be as small and as ugly and as cranky as anything, but it's my baby. Uh, But I can't take it back unless you get the others to give your baby back. And so she tells them what they need to do. They, uh, They need to go to the fairy home. They need to threaten the fairies, which is a dangerous thing to do. Mm. She tells the man to uh, to go there. She's, he used to take three big bushels of corn with him. He used to light a fire. And he used to burn the bushels one by one. And as he burns them, threaten the fairies. Tell them if they don't give back his child, he will burn down the mound. And he'll go to every mound in Ireland and he'll burn them. And so he does this. And he goes there and he's set lights his fire and he starts burning bushel number one. And he's shouting out, come out, give me back my kid, I'll burn you out. Nothing happens. He burns the second one. Nothing happens. 
burns the third one and it's just coming down to the end and he's starting to get really, really annoyed. So he gives the burning embers of the fire a kick and some of them squash onto the hill and they start to burn bits of the grass and suddenly a voice comes out saying, all right, all right, all right, we'll give it back, we'll give it back, we'll give it back. We didn't think you were serious. <laughs> and out comes a fairy man. A fairy man is about 10 foot tall, carrying a little bundle. And he says, just wanted a nice baby. That other one wouldn't shut up. We would get no sleep at all. And he gives back the child. And when the man gets home holding his baby, well, the other one has vanished. No one knows where it went. But from then on, that family always seemed to have good luck. Because mm. the fairy woman who the child belonged to, she's looking out for them. Because they were kind to her child, well, she, they did her a good turn. They did her a good service. And fairies have a very strong idea of fairness. And you do something for me, I must do something for you. So for nearly three generations, they have unbelievable good luck. I wonder what the third generation did to lose it. Maybe the fairy woman moved, (laughs) got bored. Oh, that's lovely. It's much nicer than the version. That was actually something that um, probably saved a lot of supposed changeling children from having like gruesome and infanticidal ends. Was this idea that like you look after the fairies, the fairies will look after you? Yeah. That it's bad luck to cross them. Yeah, you you definitely don't want to cross them. Yeah, yeah. So if you have one of their children, a they they've trusted you with that, yeah. and b if you harm that child, whoa, then like you yeah. don't harm one of them. Yeah. yeah, you have to be very determined to go up against the fairies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very brave or very stupid or very yeah. cool. Very cruel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which sums up the human race. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we are going to leave it here. This has been the first episode of our podcast, Sounds from the Shadows with the Shadow Girls. I've been Emily Collins. I've been Georgia Doyley. And I've been Shanani Nulon. Stay safe. Don't let the fairies get you.